Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. So if you have your Bibles open, 1 Corinthians 13, let, we're going to pick it up in verse 4. Let's read it together. It says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. If I were to ask you to describe love, how would you describe it? If, if someone says to someone, I love you, what does that mean, right? If you see someone say that. Important to note in church that the world's definition of love is very different than the biblical definition of love. In fact, the world's definition is is constantly changing. I believe it's important for us to understand that there are different levels of love. There are different kinds of love. And as a Christian, it's very important to understand God's love because when you think about what the Bible tells us as a Christian, that it's it's very important. When, When someone asked Jesus, a lawyer asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? What did Jesus say? Matthew 22, 37. You shall love, and that that word's agape, uh, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus' explanation of what's the most important commandment, he says love is the most important thing. Love God supremely and love your neighbor as yourself. So it's very important as Jesus summarizes the most important thing, at the core of the Christian gospel is love. So it's so important for us to understand what that means. What is love? Because I believe that there are many people who go to church that don't understand the biblical definition. Now, the English word love is not very precise, right? When I say, I love my wife, and then I say, I love coffee lovers ice cream at Cold Stone, I'm not saying that my commitment to ice cream is the same as my commitment to my wife, right? But when I say I love my wife, I love ice cream, you know, you just got the word love, right? It's very, very uh, ambiguous what I'm talking about. Now, the Greeks had many different words for love, and they were smart enough to recognize that love exists on more than one level because we're body, soul, and spirit. So they had a word for physical love. They had a word for emotional love, and the word for physical love is eros, and most of you have heard about that. It's the, the love on a physical level. It's where we get the word erotic, right? And everybody knows about erotic movies, whatever. <clears throat> we could use the word lust instead of eros for love. It's a very self-centered, self-seeking kind of love. This word is the kind of uh, love that a young man <clears throat> in a Hollywood movie, when he wants to have sex with a woman, says, I love you, baby, right? And, and so what he's really saying is, I eros you, baby, uh, right? And, and she might think he's saying, Oh, I agape you, right? And, uh, you know, and then 
if he marries this woman based on Eros love, one day he's going to say, I don't love you anymore. And what he's saying is, I don't Eros you anymore. You know, my, my lust for you has diminished. And, uh, and then she's wondering what happens. And, and I think that does happen in society where someone says to someone, I love you. And they're saying, I Eros you. And the other person thinks they're saying, I agape you. Phileo is another word that they had, the Greeks had. And it's love on the emotional level. It's, it's the kind of love that you have for a friend, right? When someone says, I love you, bro, that's the friendship love, right? Family, friends, you love them with this, you know, phileo love. No sexual connotations. Phileo is a mutual love. I love you because you love me. <clears throat> the word Philadelphia is a combination of two Greek words, phileo and aldophos. You know, phileo's love, aldophos, brotherly. So, Philadelphia literally means the city of brotherly love, even though, like, I think 10 or 15 people get murdered a night there. But anyway, uh, right, phileo is only used 22 times in the New Testament. Eros and phileo do not describe the kind of love that God has for you. When the Bible says that God loves you, it's not eros and it's not phileo, right? In fact, uh, God wants us to understand that his love for us is very different than those kinds of love. In fact, the Bible gives us God's definition of love towards us, and that word is agape. It describes a spiritual love on a spiritual level. It's not physical. It's not brotherly. It's a love that transcends love on the human level, and it really is beyond what we can understand. I think deep down, innately, people have this sense of what love should be, but uh, agape describes God's love towards us. And so when uh, it's a very giving love. So when the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that's agape, uh, that he gave his only begotten son, that God loves you so much that he gave, right? It's a kind of love that gives. A- and agape is not a selfish love. It's a giving love, a- expecting nothing in return. Now, this is the kind of love that God wants you and me to not only understand, but he wants to put it in our hearts that we can love other people with this kind of love. In fact, uh, in Luke 6, it says, Uh, In verse 27, but I say to you, uh, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you, agape, and bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even the sinners love those who love them. So agape love, Jesus is saying that you want to be able to love people who don't deserve it and don't earn it, and yet you want to love them expecting nothing in return. Now, this is the deepest kind of love, (coughs) is to love expecting nothing in return. Now, this word agape is, is a deep love, and it's a self-sacrificing love. But in John 15, 12, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That word is agape. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. So this agape uh, love is a word that is used predominantly in the New Testament. Most of the time that you read the word love in the New Testament, it's agape, right? Phileo is used 22 times. Uh, Eros is not used once in the New Testament. So that's not even on the table there. That's a Hollywood thing. They own that. But uh, agape is defined for us in our text today. So if you have your Bibles, look at verse 4. It tells us love, and that word is agape, suffers long. Now, does that strike you odd that the first two words that that describes agape is suffers long, right? Uh, It speaks of a commitment and a faithfulness, right? A a love that is committed and faithful and forgiving. When it says suffer long, forgiveness has got to be part of that, right? If you don't understand that, what Jesus was teaching Peter, then it's hard to love with this agape love. And and when he says in verse 4, love suffers long, it also speaks to me of an attitude of commitment. And if if you were to ask me, uh, define agape love with one word, (coughs) I couldn't. 
Well, obviously, I could barely do it in 30 minutes, but, uh, but one of my favorite words is commitment, right? So when I say I love you to my wife, in my mind, when we got married, I was saying I'm committed to you. And I think that the words that we have people share in marriage ceremonies, when we have them up here, and I say, repeat after me, and then they say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, for sickness and health, until death do us part, right? That is a good definition of commitment. And so in my marriage, you know, whenever my wife would do something that, you know, she knew made me upset, she would say to me, do you still love me? And I thought to myself, I'm committed, right? I mean, not like committed to an institution, but I'm committed to you, right? I'm committed, uh, and it doesn't matter what you do, I'm committed, right? And, and so for me, when I read verse 4, when it says love suffers long, to me, commitment is the word, right? And, and so when you think about your love towards your spouse or your children or your parents, what level of commitment do you have? Do you have a point where you say, okay, I love you kids, but at this point then, eh, that's it. But I want to define love to those who I love, right? What do I mean when I say I love you? I mean that I'm in, right? I mean, I'm with you, right? And, and you know, you watch football players say, oh, we have love for one another. That's why we win. You only love them until you're done with college. You go into the pros, right? Then you leave them. But uh, this is a very important understanding of agape love. It suffers long. When you think about God's love towards you, he suffers long, right? And he goes on to say in verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. So after a long period of long suffering, then you want to be kind and polite to the person. <laughs> so if you are a parent, uh, you understand this, right? Now, much of the problems in marriage stem from not understanding the different kinds of love. When a person says to their spouse, I love you, what does that mean always? Biblical love is much more than a feeling. Uh, and one of the reasons that couples fail to walk in this biblical love is because sometimes they reduce love in their minds only to a feeling. And Jesus' example for us of love in the Garden of Gethsemane was not determined by his feelings. In fact, I looked up love. I asked Siri yesterday morning to tell me, you know, what does love mean? And it spouted out some things about feelings. I looked at I Googled it, and it was like feelings of this, feelings of that. And, you know, feelings are part of love, but love is not only feelings, right? In fact, Jesus, in Mark 14, 34, it says, Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, going to be crucified for our sins. And what was Jesus saying he, when he said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful? He's saying, Part of me feels sorrowful. Part of me feels like I don't want to do this. It feels like this is going to hurt. And so I don't want to pay the price for the sin of humanity. But did Jesus allow his feelings to control his love towards you? No. In verse 35 of Mark 14, he went a little further, fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. In verse 36, Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. In other words, Jesus was saying, God, I, I, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't feel like doing this. But if it's possible, then, then let's not do it. But nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. In other words, Jesus did not put his feelings above God's will in his life. And I think this is an important truth for me because sometimes I feel things that are not true. Feelings are part of love, but it's not all of love, right? And, and Jesus didn't let his feelings determine whether he was going to do the will of God. He goes on to say in verse 27 of John 12, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. For this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So Jesus didn't allow his emotions or his feelings to dictate how he would show his love towards humanity, right? And, and I think that the root of all marital conflict is uh, who I love more myself 
or my spouse. See, the problem is we usually love ourselves more than we love our spouse. And we're more concerned about our own needs than our spouse's needs. And, and that's why I think Jesus linked those two together, your love for yourself and your love for others in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, when he said, uh, the second is like it, you shall love, agape love, your neighbor as yourself, and on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus acknowledged the truth that we all love ourselves quite well, right? I mean, we're very sensitive to our own needs, and when we make mistakes, it's like, oh, well, I didn't mean to. Somebody else makes the same mistake. Crucify them! I mean, you know, I mean, we're very uh, concerned about ourselves, and uh, this very self-oriented view of ourselves causes a lot of conflict between people. And Jesus encourages us to love others with the same kind of love that we love ourselves. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you